fake to Edwards. And then the pass to a wide open Nick Boyle. Touchdown. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mobtown Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Barkley. You can follow me on Twitter at A Barkley, A Y E E B A R K L E Y. I'm doing the show by myself. Once again, Kyle is recovering from his cancer, and Eric is just busy with school. As always, I'm proud to do this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district, DMVSportsNetwork.com, and they can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at DMV underscore SN. They have great daily content up there on all things D.C. sports and Baltimore sports, in addition to college sports and a lot more to offer. So after you listen to this amazing podcast, go ahead and check them out. In addition, please be sure to subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Without further ado, let's get right into it. I am so, so sorry I left everyone hanging for over a month. I can't believe how long it's been since I recorded. I got promoted at work and I just lost all sense of time and I'm so sorry. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to recap everything from week three up until now. We're just going to do some bullet points from week three and then I'll get into the big, big win that we had over the Patriots and looking forward to the rest of the season. So starting off with week three, the Ravens took an L to the Chiefs, 28-33. Uh, Mahomes went for 27-37, 374 yards. He had three touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 22-43, 267 yards. Eight carries, 46 yards and a touchdown. Mark Ingram really carried the team on his back. 16 carries for 103 yards and uh, three touchdowns. Lamar should have had two picks in this game. Willie Sneed snatched the ball right out of a defender's hand. And the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, dropped the watt. Like, he, he had it in his hands, and he, he just dropped it. Uh, Earl Thomas in this game said before before the game started, he said that he was going to limit the big plays that Mahomes and the Chiefs are known for. Mahomes throws an over an 80-yard touchdown, and Earl Thomas is nowhere to be found in that play. So, for they should have stayed in the locker room, Earl Thomas, for your failure to... Stop Mahomes from going off and doing what Mahomes does. Got to stay in the locker room. Can't promise that big plays aren't going to happen and then gives up a big play. Next, we move on to week four where the Browns just steamrolled through the Ravens 40-25, to to be honest. After the Nick Chubb had an 88-yard touchdown run, they just looked gassed. They just looked like they weren't into it anymore. They looked like they just gave up. Mayfield went for 20 for 30, 342 yards, a touchdown. He did throw an interception, but it really wasn't his fault. Jarvis Landry saw someone coming over the middle, and he decided that I'm not going to get hit. I'm just going to let up, and that got the interception. That led to the interception. Uh, Lamar Jackson went from 24 34, 247 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. It was the first in the first turnovers of this season. Mark Ingram had a fumble. They were just God awful in this game. The 
Nick Chubb went for 20 carries, 165 yards, and three touchdowns. Just ran right through the Ravens defense. Well, that 188-yard run. Other than that, I mean, just four or five yards. Whatever he wanted to do. Whatever the Browns wanted to do in that game, they did. Like, the, the Ravens just had no answer to what they were doing. And even though the game was really close in the third, but that, that touchdown run by Nick Chubb just kind of like took the gas, took the energy out of him. And it looked like the Ravens just gave up in that play. And everyone on that defense except for Marlon Humphrey who absolutely clamped down Odell Beckham Jr. He held OBJ for two catches, 20 yards. You know, they all got into that fight. There was rumors that Marlon choked him. But you can clearly see if you watch the video closely, he didn't choke him. He just grabbed him by his jersey just under the neck and pinned him down grown man swag so everyone except for Marlon Humphrey who balled out in that game you gotta stay in the locker room can't be giving up points like that you can't at home like at home that was that was just worse like you just tell that that defense was decimated with injuries the linebacking core that there was no communication no one was wrapping up it was just a god 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 awful game and moving on to the Rivalry game of week five. Ravens take care of the Steelers 26-23 in overtime. Lamar Jackson goes 19 of 28, 161 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, though two of them should have been called back. There was one where he threw the ball deep and the, the guy who, who picked it off, the ball hit the ground. It's clear as day that the ball hit the ground. Referees didn't see it. There was a lot of things that the referees didn't see in that game. It was probably one of the poorest officiating games I've ever seen. And I'm not really one to blame the referees for something. If a team got us, hey, you got us. Chalk it up. Good game. Whatever. But I see a lot of fans out there. Every time someone loses or, I mean, it's mainly when their team loses. No one says anything when the team wins. But when their team loses, you see fans talking about, well, referees suck. They do this, they do that. There was this missed call and that missed call. I mean, they are a human beings, so they are going to miss calls. But my God, the refereeing was just horrible in this game on both sides. Several uh, calls that shouldn't have been happened, they happened. Like I said, the interception where Lamar threw the ball deep, the defender clearly didn't catch the ball. And they let that stand and then there was another interception where I don't I think it was thrown at the Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews got held didn't call a hold in play and then there was a roughing the passer on Lamar late in the game and it was not roughing the passer so as a Ravens person yeah we got away with one but that that was just egregious calling there was no roughing the passing on that play but I love how like the Steelers Steelers fans I see on Twitter I see on Facebook Oh my God, that was open the passer. Like, don't say anything about the missed calls that went in their favor. So it just shows you, like, the bias that people have. But I'm not going to have that way. I'm saying, hey, look, there were bad calls on both sides of the ball. I don't know what happens. Whoever's that officiating crew needs to no longer officiate. It was one of the most horrible call games I've ever seen. And then going into this week, Ravens signed linebackers Josh Bynes, who formerly played for the Ravens, went some other places, came back. He was actually just doing this thing. He was playing golf and then got a phone call and said, hey, like, we need you to come back. So he came back, got an interception in his first game back, and then signed LJ Fort. And these two, it, it was like a band-aid signing, like a band-aid band signing that they're not going to be like all pros or 
I mean, pro bowlers, but they're going to do the job that they need to do for the time being. So for this season, I mean, there's plenty of positions that the Ravens need to look into free agency in the draft because linebacker is definitely one of them. There's just no communication. And for right now, Josh Bynes and LJ Fort are doing what the Ravens need them to do. They're making plays. They're getting out and they're getting out in front of the ball. They're making tackles and making sound fundamental tackles, which weren't seen against the Browns and they weren't seen against the Chiefs where they weren't wrapping up. So when these guys came in, like I said, Josh Bonds came in right off the street, got himself an interception, and LJ Fort has just been all over the field making plays on special teams and when he gets thrown into the mix playing linebacker. So like I said, that happened. Harbaugh was not pleased by the linebacking plan, so he got those two guys. LJ Ford got cut from the Eagles, and Josh Lyons was just doing his thing. Uh, Mason Rudolph goes 13 for 20, 131 yards, and a touchdown, and he got hit and got knocked out in the third quarter. It was a very scary hit. Earl Thomas hit him, but it wasn't those intentional hits. It was just one of those bang bang plays and Earl Thomas like got him in the head and I'm pretty sure he got fined too. And it was well if you ever watched the UFC, it was one of those like when when the fighter like hits the his opponent right on the button and then just the opponent just falls flat down to the ground. That's exactly what happened to Mason Rudolph. But he's been playing past that, so it's glad to see that he's back. Usually those kind of knockouts you take months off to get yourself recuperated and get yourself, you know, doing whatever it is that you do. So it's nice to see that Mason Rudolph got back out there, and we're glad to see him healthy. You know, yes, we hate the Steelers. Yes, it is a rivalry, but at the same time, you don't want to see anyone take injuries like that at all, and especially someone who has lost seasons due to injury in Earl Thomas. I'm pretty sure it wasn't anything intended, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't trying to hurt Mason Rudolph. So good to see that he's doing well. We'll see you in Week 17, I think, Steelers. Um, so when Rudolph gets out, some guy named Delvin Hodges from Sanford, he won the FCS version of the Heisman. Shout out to all my FCS schools out there. Shout out to Towson, number 21 in the nation. We doing our thing. Just beat our rival, Delaware. We, we got one out to go make the playoffs, but this isn't a, a college football podcast. So shout out to Towson though. He went 7-9, 68 yards, and he just kind of held himself together. You know, did turn the ball over, didn't do anything. Too amazing, but didn't do anything to lose the game. The thing that lost the game for the Steelers was Marlon Humphrey coming through, making a, a huge force fumble on Juju Smith. Punches the ball out. Ravens get the ball. They win. So, shout out to the Ravens for getting the job done. Shout out for beating your rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, it is a great day when the Ravens beat the Steelers. All right. So before I continue, it's time to tell you about DMV Sports Network's Library of Podcasts. Right now we have nine active shows, including Half Street, High Heat. I don't know if they're recording, but congratulations to you guys for winning the World Series. As an Orioles fan, I'm so jealous because I will probably never see the Orioles have a World Series parade in my lifetime. So shout out to you guys. First team in World Series history to win the World Series without winning a game at home. I don't know why, but hey, do what y'all did, what y'all need to do. The fight is finished, as you guys say, and you guys got the Mystics, the Capitals, DC United's making the playoffs, and now the Nats winning the World Series. So, congrats. 
for the Redskins, Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, Ravens, Fantasy Fever, all things dealing with fantasy football, a pair of mixed back shows from It's About Time DC, and Dominic Thunder, a debate show, DMV Dispute, which is available via live stream on Twitter, and all of these shows can are found wherever podcasts are available. So please check these out, and if you like any of these shows, please leave a review and subscribe on all platforms, including Spotify. Alright, so now we're going into week six. The Ravens defeat the Bengals 23-17. It was a lot it was a lot more lopsided than that. Just the fact that the Ravens gave up and opened a kickoff for a touchdown. And that's really un unheard of, especially from John Harbaugh, who came in as a former special teams coach. So they Bengals open up with the kick return for a touchdown, and then it was all Ravens after that. Bengals got one field goal, and then there was a rushing touchdown that the Ravens allowed. But Lamar Jackson goes for 21-33, 236 yards, 19 carries, 152 yards. I think he's the second quarterback in NFL Super Bowl era, where they have over 200 yards passing and 150 yards rushing. I think the other one was Colin Kaepernick. Lamar is just doing insane things this season that we haven't seen before. I mean, you've seen Michael Vick run, you've seen Colin Kaepernick run, Doug Williams, Randall Cunningham, but no one has been able to run as fast as he has, and no one has the agility that Lamar has. And Lamar has just been throwing the ball over the field, not making crucial mistakes when the game needs him to make the plays. He's doing what he needs to do. Yes, he's made some mistakes, but they weren't absolute killers. So, as I said, Ravens dominate the game. They beat the Bengals, who haven't won a game this season. I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati because I feel like they're trying, but they're just not good enough to get where they need to go. So going on to week seven, the Ravens defeat the Seahawks 30-16. to Two turnovers for touchdowns. Marlon Humphrey has a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I mean, that, that guy is just finding the ball this season. And then Ravens trade for Marcus Peters, formerly of the L.A. Rams. They send Kenny Young and a fifth-round draft pick. For a stud cornerback, I don't know how Eric DaCosta pulled that off, but that man just made a serious move. They, like I said, the two turnovers for touchdowns. Marcus Peters had already played against uh, Russell Wilson just from playing in the NFC West, so he's familiar with a lot of schematics and the things that they run in Seattle. So the drop, uh, Marcus Peters dropped back in the zone. And saw that the ball was coming and just made a play on it. Takes it to the house. Not bad for your first game as a Raven. So, uh, Jackson, 9 of 20, 143 yards passing. 14 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown run was on that fourth down conversion, which we've all heard the video. He's he's having a stare down with John Harbaugh. He said, you want to go for it? He goes, hell yeah, coach, I want to go for it. And he points over to Marshall Yonder. You want to go for it? All right, let's go. Let's go. And then fourth and two gets the first down, gets the touchdown. So you just see the leadership from Lamar in just the second season. I mean, he still has not played 16 regular season games yet. He's played 15 regular season games and then the one playoff game. So he still hasn't played a full regular season's worth of NFL football. And the maturity and the growth from him not fumbling the ball when he runs to him just the spirals are looking much tighter, and the ball is getting where they need to go. And it looked like he's throwing the ball effortless. So I'm just loving the growth that I've seen out of Lamar. But 
to anyone who may have not watched the game and you just saw Lamar through for 9 of 2443 yards you didn't see the drops on drops on drops on drops on drops Willie Sneed dropped the crucial ball I think Mark Ingram dropped the ball I know Mark Andrews dropped four passes in that game and you just can't do that with playoff caliber teams so it's just nice to see that Lamar ran and he could put that team on his back when his receivers weren't catching a ball for him so guys can't drop the ball you're professional athletes I know they might be tough catches but that's why you're a professional because you have shown that you have the ability to make those type of plays and when you don't make those type of plays you make your quarterback look bad and you put yourself in jeopardy of losing so Mark Andrews in the words of my one of my favorite youtubers Chiseled Adonis what happened to your hands man you should have stayed in the locker room for having bricks for hands so Ravens win 30-16 and then they go into the bye week and then the game that everyone around town was hype about I was downtown Baltimore Saturday night before this game I saw the Sunday night football truck just buzz around town you hear everyone's just excited Patriots are coming into town this is kinda of personal for me I have an ex that's a Patriots fan I have family that are Patriots fans uh, no one was really chirping at the mouth before the game and no one was definitely chirping afterwards the Ravens put a beat down on New England a absolute beat down on New England 37 to 20 and it should have been by more had it not been for the cutesy fumble that former New England Patriot Cyrus Jones had when he had on a punt return he was going right the ball was coming to his left and the muff the punt New England scoops it up gets themselves a touchdown Mark Ingram also fumbled the ball putting New England in scoring position and they wind up getting a field goal off of it so we spotted them 10 points and Lamar just whatever Lamar wanted to do in that game he did alright Patriots show cover zero blitz fine I'm gonna throw Patriots show that we're gonna we're gonna let you run alright fine I'm gonna run 17 for 23 passing 163 yards and a touchdown and he had 61 yards on the ground Mark Ingram ran through this defense over 100 yards I think he had 115 yards running didn't get into the end zone but that one touchdown pass for Lamar was Nick Boyle he finally 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 got into the end zone shout out Nick Boyle I know everyone's been roasting him giving him a hard time for it we are so proud of you and we knew your time was gonna come but just the way that the Ravens beat the Patriots it, it just looked it looked like the Patriots were just like in shock you see a lot of people talk about how everyone sees the mystique of Bill Belichick they see Tom Brady arguably the greatest quarterback to have ever played this game and they said F you F your team we're gonna hit you in the mouth and we dare you to do something about it Baltimore bully style let's go I'm gonna line you we're gonna punch you in the mouth we're gonna run this ball down your throat and we dare you to stop it we know you can't stop it you don't want any of this smoke with us and, and Brady just looked like what in God's name am I gonna do this defense is all over the place they were hitting them Earl Thomas hitting them he got sacked a couple times that offensive line is in shambles they don't have their top left tackle and they don't have their top center so we're gonna see these two teams again and we're gonna see these two teams play each other again in the playoffs so we're gonna see if the 
the Ravens are just better than the Patriots. And they've been giving the Patriots fits for years. Close games, the Patriots have won some, Ravens have won some. But one thing you can say about Ravens-Patriots, John Harbaugh does not fear Bill Belichick. And this Ravens team does not fear the Patriots. They don't care about your six Super Bowls. They don't care about whatever Bill Belichick is doing. They don't care about Tom Brady. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to give you everything they got. And they're going to say, this is what we're going to do. Stop us if you can. So and the, one of the things that really stood out was the Patriots, who are known for forcing turnovers, who are known for making teams have penalties, had seven penalties, 48 yards. And one of them was a crucial in the very first quarter. They stopped the Ravens on the third down. They were going to trot out Justin Tucker for a field goal. And one of the Patriots jumped off sides, giving the Ravens a first down. And then that's when you saw Lamar with the read option keeper. And he does his little strut into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, yo, what's up? What's good? I'm here. I don't care about this right now. I don't care about your mystique. I don't care about your legacy. I'm going to come at you. And I'm going to say, hey, let's go. Let's do this. And you heard all the teams after the win with the press conference. They were talking about this is a big win. This is this. You know, the the reporters were asking the players, "Was this a big win? How much you feel after beating the previously unbeaten Patriots?" And they said, "Yeah, it's a big win because it was the next game on our schedule. And when we play the Cincinnati Bengals, that's going to be a big win because that's the next team on our schedule. This is done." Lamar said, "Hey, this is just one game. It's one regular season game." And we want to win. We want to win every game. We're not going to treat this like we won a Super Bowl because we haven't won anything yet. And you love to hear stuff like that from your quarterback. And you love to hear stuff like that from your leaders. Mark Ingram said the same thing. John Harbaugh said the same thing. They are really trying to go 1-0 and each week. And I think that's the recipe for great teams. You don't look ahead of the schedule and say, oh, man, we got to bring it for this team because it's them when – any given Sunday, any team can get beat. So you've got to appreciate the fact that they are just focused on the task at hand, and that's going 1-0 and each week. And another thing that really stood out to me was the time of possession. Baltimore held the ball for 37 minutes, and New England held the ball for 23. You're not beating a team if you can't go up and down with big plays with uh, 23 minutes of time of possession. You're just not going to be able to do it. Not in this league. And there was one time, though, like I said, when the Ravens spotted the the, Eng the New England Patriots with the two turnovers and the 10 points, and you just saw Brady drive, and you see everyone get gassed, and they're tired, and you're thinking, here we go. Here comes Tom Brady. He somehow, someway found a way to get himself back into this game when they have no business being in this game. And then Marlon Humphrey just finds the ball. There was a, a fumble forced by... It was either LJ4 or Josh Fine. Oh, it was Peanut. Peanut forced the ball. Peanut forced the fumble. He came back from injury. And like I said, Marlon Humphrey's just been finding the football. So, found the ball, scoops and scores. And then that just takes the gas out of the Patriots. And they're just done. Uh, Lamar, when he threw the touchdown pass to Nick Boyle, that was just kind of game over. It was done. It's a wrap. So, the Ravens hand the Patriots their first L. Patriots fans are just saying, what is going on with our team? You know, everyone's saying that they're exposed. Everyone's saying that they aren't as good as we think they are. And I don't think that's really the case. I think you're just seeing that they ran into someone that's just more physical than them. And when you have teams that are more physical than you, you're going to get beat in this fashion. The Patriots still have a really good defense, and they still have Tom Brady. 
They might not have a running game, but they have Tom Brady, they have Julian Edelman, and Mohamed Sanu can get his yards and everything like that, but they're going to find a way, I'm telling you. So we're going to see the Patriots and the Ravens play again in the playoffs. Hopefully, it's in Baltimore, but when you can be able to run the football the way they do and the defense just looks like they found themselves again after getting Jimmy Smith back and after trading for Marcus Peters. And like I said, after the Band-Aid signing of LJ Ford and Josh Bynes, it looks like the defense that was formidable again. So moving on to the AFC North standings. Right now, the Ravens sit at top 6-2. and two. They play what could be a trap game in Cincinnati at Cincinnati who are the only team left without a win this is not just a gloss over game for the Ravens you have to treat your preparation you have to treat your focus for this game like you treated the game for New England because you do not want to be the team that gives Cincinnati their first win of the season we already saw Miami getting their first win of the season beating the New York Jets you don't want to be that team that gives their team their first win of the season somehow some way the Steelers are in second place at 4-4, four and four, and don't look now, but here they come. No Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, the trade from Minka Fitzpatrick is proven off well. He just had a pick six in their game against the Colts, and they play the Rams at home, who are 5-3. and three. So Pittsburgh is chopping at the bits. I thought it was going to be between Cleveland and Baltimore for the the AFC North, but don't look now. Here comes Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin is just doing an amazing job, and he might be up for coach of the year if he can get this team in at least to the wild card, because I don't think they're going to win the AFC North. The dumpster fire known as Cleveland, 2-6, and six, with all that talent on the team, and they've only won two games, and we were one of them, so you know, you got to tip your hat off to them, but they go against the Bills, and that's a stingy defense, but they get the Bills at home, so hopefully, you know, we'll see if home, home field advantage plays in their favor. Bills at 6-2 and two right now and they gave New England a run for their money. Bills are a sneaky sneaky good team. Tough defense Josh Allen is inconsistent but if he could be consistent with that defense look out for them. That's trouble and then fourth place the lowly lowly Bengals get us at home and like I said this is a trap game if the Ravens aren't focused Ravens need to stay focused and they need to have the same preparation and they need to the same preparation the same focus that they had for the Patriots and the Seahawks as they hit in this game. So, state of the AFC playoff scenario since we're halfway through the season. If the playoffs were to start the day, the two buys go to New England and the Ravens. New England would be the number one seed. Baltimore would be the two seed. Houston gets the three seed. Kansas City gets the four seed. Buffalo gets the five. Indianapolis gets the six. So it will look like Kansas City would host Buffalo. Houston would host Indianapolis. The highest seat who would have won that game would go to the Ravens. And the lowest winning seat would go to New England. So that's what the playoff schedule looks like halfway through the season. It's been an amazing, weird season. Just the the names and the quarterbacks and the injuries and everything that's going on. is going to be a really interesting second half of the season. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, the night that the first college football rankings come out and I think this is where the real college football season starts so if you're college football and that's going to do it for me here I hope you enjoyed the show and if you did subscribe to us where podcasts are available maybe even leave a review on iTunes I can never get these things right leave a review on iTunes is that will help us grow in the charts and reach more people like I said you can find me on Twitter at A Barkley A-Y-E-E B-A-R-K-L-E-Y and don't forget to check the squad don't forget to check out the squad, dmvsportsnetwork.com. Brennan, Dom, those guys are really good people. Everyone over there at DMV Sports Network are just 
been amazing. I love those guys. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at DMV underscore SN. And if you want to join the team, contact them via Twitter and the website or shoot them an email at DMV Sports Network at Outlook.com. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.